0: Is backbreaking debt what's going to bring the world to its knees in the end times? Hi, I'm Rex Rogers, and this is episode number 65 of Discerning What is Best, a podcast applying unchanging biblical principles in a rapidly changing world and a Christian worldview to current issues in everyday life. During World War II, some of our forebears thought Hitler was the Antichrist and that he'd bring about the end of the world as we knew it. Given the level of evil that he and the Nazis instituted in a roughly 20-year reign of terror, I can't say that I blame anyone for thinking this way. During the Cold War, with the USSR in the 1950s and 1960s, we thought the end of the world might someday come from what we then called thermonuclear war. I remember the same concerns when I was in graduate school during the late 1970s, early 80s, studying for degrees in political science. We talked about nuclear arms, mad or mutually assured destruction, ICBMs, intercontinental ballistic missiles. Interestingly, whether intellectuals speculated into the world scenarios sourced in international geopolitics, vast armies, space age weaponry like Star Wars, or whether theologians drew them from biblical prophecy, most of us, as I recall, didn't think about debt. Yet national debt deficit spending and an unbalanced budget are now among the greatest threats to future well-being in the west if not the world today the united states is 31.5 trillion with a t dollars in debt i cannot comprehend this and no offense i'm guessing you can't either in 2011 i wrote a similar piece like this on debt the total national debt figure i used just 12 years ago was 15 trillion dollars less than one-half what it is now. If you want to scare yourself, go to the usdebtclock.org and look at the digital displays moving faster than you can count the dollars allowed. America has the largest national debt in the world. That means a debt burden of $94,219 per citizen. It equates to a U.S. federal debt to gross national product, or GDP ratio, of 121.5%. Think of the GDP as sort of the asset or positive side of the ledger, whereas debt, what's owed, is the negative side. Clearly, at 121.5%, we're upside down. We owe more than we could presently pay. Using 2022 statistics, other nations in the world are in a similar quandary. Japan has the highest public debt-to-GDP ratio at 288.31%. Italy carries a debt-to-GDP ratio of 176.81%, followed by France at 130.64%. The United Kingdom debt load, the ratio is 103.61%. Canada and Russia are also in debt with poor GDP ratios. Now, that's a lot of statistics, but the bottom line, pun intended, is that the world is in debt, a record amount of debt, $300 trillion to be exact. That number is about 349% of global gross domestic product and the equivalent of $37,500 of debt for every single person in the world. There is no easy way out of the global debt crisis. Avoiding a crisis will require unpopular actions and a great reset of policymaker mindset. That may mean more cautious lending, curbing overconsumption, and restructuring projects or entities that don't make a profit. For the U.S., the possibility of reaching the self-imposed cap on how much money the U.S. government can borrow currently looms large. Congress can avoid the partial government shutdowns, potential cash flow shortfalls, and even the possibility of default by simply raising the ceiling as it has in the past. But should the ceiling be raised as it has so many times before? Even the economic powerhouse China is looking at major trouble on the horizon. China carries roughly a third of the debt load of the U.S. at $10.8 trillion with a public debt-to-GDP ratio of only 61.94%. However, because China's government attempted to play God and control birth rates, forcing a one-child policy on Chinese families for the past 60 years, China now faces a huge demographic crisis, with more people dying than are born. In 2015, the Chinese Communist leadership admitted their mistake, in the one-child policy, and has since been allowing all married couples to have two children. Total births in China have now fallen for six straight years, and the United Nations middle-of-the-road projections find that at the end of the century, the country's total population will have fallen below 800 million people, a level that it hasn't been since the late 1960s. Unlike then, when the median Chinese was in their highly productive early 20s, that smaller China will be far older. This nation of 1.4 billion people, shrinking to 800 million, represents a drop in economic power that is unimaginable. Finally, we're coming to understand that demographics and economics go hand in hand. That government sterilization policies in China, that abortion on demand in the West, not only reduces population growth, but reduces economic potential and prosperity. Interesting, isn't it? That in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, it is recorded, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth, and subdue it. God's will is for parents to procreate and produce children, and he blessed population growth. In 1798, an English cleric, Robert Malthus, developed a philosophy that gave birth to Malthusianism, the idea that population growth is potentially exponential, while the growth of food supply or other resources is linear which eventually reduces living standards to the point of triggering a great population die-off. This event is called the Malthusian Catastrophe. Some birth control advocates and radical environmentalists have drawn from Malthus, considering humanity the problem that needs reduced or, oddly, eliminated. Yet we see now that population growth and economic well-being go together. As God said, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth. And then there's debt. It could be that in God's providence, what finally gets the world's attention is the need to pay the piper. Debt can only so long be ignored. Look now at what's happening in Iran. It may be rampant inflation and a broken economy, not simply political protests, that produces regime change. The root of the debt problem worldwide, though, is not a lack of resources or ingenuity. It is a problem of moral philosophy. The root of the debt problem is humanity's unwillingness to live within our means, to not mortgage our children's or our country's future. The scripture tells us that we are accountable to God for how we manage our assets, the time, talent, and treasure God gives us. Irresponsible debt is not part of this picture. The Bible says the wicked borrow and do not repay but the righteous give generously. Repaying our debts honors God and is the morally right thing to do. Debt enslaves us. The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. Given our rapidly expanding national debt, the U.S. is in bad shape. But doomsday debt is not a given, and we should not give up hope. The problem can be fixed. We are blessed with resources, opportunity, ingenuity, and as long as Jesus tarries his coming, time. Question is, can we redevelop the moral vision to do right and to do well? Well, we'll see you again soon. This podcast is about discerning what is best. If you find this thought-provoking and helpful, follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Download an episode for your friends. For more Christian commentary, check my website, Rexm, as in Martin, that's RexmRogers.com. And remember, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm.